Welcome to Conversations with Connors. I'm your host, Adam Connors. During one of my entrepreneurial forays into an industry I had no previous experience in, I was fortunate enough to meet Sherry Ramadan. Thank you, Allie Wesson. Getting to know Sherry and being able to call her my friend opened up so many doors I wouldn't even know where to begin. You see, Sherry's reputation's golden. Actually, strike that, more like platinum. Sorry for selling you short with the whole gold thing, Sherry. You see, Sherry is as straightforward as they come and as warm and sincere. She's loved by many and her sterling network is no accident. It's a combination of always providing value to people as well as an old school Puritan work ethic. Not to mention, she's a lot of fun to be around, and that's why I call her the Pied Piper of People. Sherry's a system implementation specialist within the legal software industry. She works for a company called Smart Advocate, an award-winning software company. Although Sherry isn't going to tell you this, but I will, she had a major hand putting this company on the map. You see, Sherry's a veteran salesperson that's not only the ambassador of Smart Advocate, but in my humble opinion, an ambassador to anything in sales or that which involves relationships. As you will hear, she embodies all the attributes it takes to be successful in these types of roles. And during our conversation, you'll learn about Sherry's career trajectory and how she built an incredible reputation. I can tell you it didn't happen overnight. In fact, she stresses the power of patience and listening. After all, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither was her career or reputation, all of which take time. Speaking of time, when you're traveling 200 days a year and working around the clock, time can be your biggest challenge. Somehow though, Sherry creates the time to stay in touch with her network and looks to always add value. She does this through a variety of ways and was kind enough to share them with us, like how she prepares for a networking event, how she makes sure that she listens to people, the lost art of the handwritten note, and how she gets so involved in her clients' lives that she can often be found at their company outings, on their boats, and even at their weddings. How about them apples? Sherry is just a student of life, always looking to make herself better and improve those around her. I can guarantee that after listening to our conversation and implementing some of her words of wisdom, you too will be better. So enjoy my conversation with Sherry Ramadan. I'm excited to have Sherry Ramadan with us today. She's got so much that she's going to share with us about relationships, about her industry, about her business, about what makes her clock tick. Hopefully we'll hear about her son as well, if she cares to share. Doesn't have to, but uh, all good. Sherry works for Smart Advocate. Sherry, if you don't mind, tell us about your business and you, and then we'll rock and roll with some other questions as we go. Wonderful. It's nice to see you again, Adam. I haven't seen you in so long. I'm so happy to be here. Well, my software is Smart Advocate. We're a case management software. We're the state-of-the-art software. We're very innovative. And we actually have won many awards. So far, for three years running, we've been winning the New York Law Journal Award for best case management software out there. Thank you so much. And we've also gotten a couple of other awards in different states like Virginia right now. And we're trying to make it across the whole nation. How is it done by states? Like, what, Why does it matter what state you're in? It doesn't matter what state we're in. We actually 
work across the whole nation and we actually have sold the software in in Canada and Australia even. We even have clients in Australia. Oh my God. And is that you, you're doing? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I've had this client for 17 years, the one in Australia. We're trying to get more clients in Australia. So he's followed me along my career, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And we now have them again. And that's the thing. You have to just keep building relationships. Yeah. Talk about your career because uh, I think it's an interesting career. And like you said, he's followed you. And just like so many other people, you know that my nickname for you is the Pied Piper. So talk about a little more down the conversation. Well, I first started a long time ago when I was about 14. I worked for my aunt's law firm. And that's what got me interested in the law business. And I was going to follow a law career. I was going to become an attorney. And I went to school for that. And then my dad got sick and he had cancer. So I had to stop going to school for a while. And I couldn't continue with my law degree. And I I just found Saga Inc. Saga Inc. was a software that actually worked for attorneys. I joined up on their crew because I was calling them all the time, giving them different suggestions. And it moved from there. I started off as a trainer. Eventually I became into sales. I started working the sales circuit and that's how I know everybody. I've been working, I worked at Saga 17 years ago. So I have been at events, industry events all the time. I've been going to different clients and just from there. And now I'm still doing the same thing just with a different company. I think we've transferred different companies now about four times. When you say transferred, what do you mean by that? Well, Saga was the number one software for so many years running. We started in 1986. I came on around 2000, 2002. And then we were bought out by one of the other software companies, which was Client Profiles, in 2012. And then we were bought out by one of the largest software companies in general, in Adirant, two years after that. And then, of course, I just didn't like the uh, format that they were running because they asked me to stay on, but I just didn't like the format. And that's why I came to Smart Advocate. Wow. And we started again. And was Smart Advocate around for a while? Smart Advocate was actually created and designed since 2000 for a specific law firm, for a large New York City law firm. That's how it started off. Um, I've known about them, believe it or not. I actually had many meetings before with the owner, but I'm very loyal I'm kind of loyal to a fault, and I stayed with my company. I stayed at Saga until they actually got bought out and bought out, and it went through the whole rigor more. So that's why I switched to Smart Advocate. And it started as a software on its own in 2013. Gotcha. So you said you've been going to events and meeting people, and but it, it's not just that because there's got to be something to you. I've been at a bunch of events with you, and like I said, being the Pied Piper, I mean, people just gravitate towards you. You got to treat people like you would treat your family. As soon as you meet someone, you got to bring them in. You got to talk to them, be a straight shooter. You got to really, really get involved with what they do and be genuinely interested. Because a lot of salespeople can be, you know, friends with everybody. But you really have to be interested in the other person. And you have to think about it as like you're helping the person as opposed to you need something from them. Because if you assist someone, trust me, they will help you out tenfold. Yeah. But how do you remember, like, you know, everybody and everybody knows you and you don't just know them, but you know, you know where they live, you know about their families, you know about where they eat. I mean, you you know, when you people. treat people like yeah. family, you know, everything about them. If they're, you know, it, my clients are my babies. Like I hang out with them. I go to their parties. I go to their weddings. I've been on their boats. I've, <laughs> I've gone through everything with them. So it's like they're part of my family and it would be very sad for me to miss them. 
Yeah. Believe it or not. That's why they've come with me through all of these different companies. Yeah. That's I, why they've stayed with me. I mean, I believe it. When I, I had first gotten into at a point in my career, I did litigation funding. And as I was doing my due diligence and getting ready to, to launch this business, everybody was saying, you need to meet Sherry. You need to know Sherry. Everybody said Sherry. So I reached out to Sherry. And and I don't remember, was it Allie? It might mm-hmm. have been Allie that made the initial Correct. introduction. And you had a lot, you you clearly had a lot going on, but you dropped what you were doing. You spent, I forgot it, we talked for a, a decent amount of time uh, the first time that we spoke, which is not customary. A lot of times, usually when there's introductions, people are like, oh, hey, you know, we'll set up a coffee and talk for whenever. And usually well, was, you get blown you, off. I think I spoke to you on my drive from somewhere. Oh, was that what? Like, I think we so were. So I had a captive audience. I had you. <laughs> you were stuck. Listen, I do work all the time. And if in my car, I listen to different podcasts. I listen to different books on tape. You know, anything that's going to improve me. So I spent the time with you. I chose to spend the time with you. You're very charming. Yeah, we had fun. It was great. But I, I can't begin to tell you how happy I was getting off the phone, talking to somebody who is just so positive, so knowledgeable, uh, told me a lot of things not to do. And it's almost like investing. Sometimes the best investments are those you don't make. And you just gave really good guidance. What I walked away with was here's a person that is just genuinely good people, genuinely cares, and took a, a good amount of time out of her day to help somebody that she really didn't know. Well, as you said, that told me what not to do. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't tell you what not to do. And I think it's just as important as what to do because you may offend some people in the same market and you just don't want to have to fall on your face, you know, in front of people. I do. I do. What are things that you do? You said you listen to, you're always looking to make yourself better. You listen to podcasts and all, and books. What are you listening I to? I read now? a lot. Oh, do you? What are you I what are read you a lot. Yeah. Right now, um, I'm on different uh, magazines and things like that. So, like, I've been reading Money, I've been reading PC Magazine, all the different. Ink is one of my favorites. I like Ink. I just, all the time, I'm on something and I'm also reading all my LinkedIn. I'm on Owler a lot now. On what? Because what is that? Owler, it actually brings it. all the actual links on social media into one page. So you don't actually have to go to all the different ones. So you don't have to go to Twitter. You don't have to go to Facebook. You don't have to, if you want, I'll send you a link. Yeah, please. Yeah, it puts it all together for you very easily. And then you could just see all the major news stories. Is it like Flipboard? It's just like one big aggregator? Kind of, kind yeah. of. Kind of, except that they just put it all on one page so that way you don't have to go through it. Yeah. You could just see it and then just easily click on the ones that you want to look at. Is it like almost like a news feed that you see on like yeah. a Facebook? Yeah, okay, but on but different, ah. on everybody else's, you know, social media. So you don't have to go into every single thing because, come on, we don't have time. That's the one thing we're always lacking. We want to try to get it to streamline as possible and especially to what you want. That's yeah. the other thing because there's a lot of media out there and it's not, you know, for you. And then you spend a lot of time digging through to exactly get what you need. Yeah. Are you listening or reading on things in terms of building relationships or you're just learning more about like the industry? Believe it or not, I'm re-listening to Dale Carnegie again. How to Win Friends? I have it all. I have so many different books from him and I'm just putting them back on audio tape, which, you know, not audio tape. uh, What is it? Audible? Yeah. Yeah. So since now I'm back into that, I'm like, okay, let's reread it because, you, you know, you listen to it 10 years later, you know, you... And all of a sudden, you pick up a couple of little things, and it just makes a world of difference. It's amazing. And you'll hear something that just so so much more applies to what's going on in your life right now. They're like, I just heard that. How did I miss that before? I go through some of those same experiences. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing in this in the business right now? Time. 
time is my biggest thing. I travel so much. I'm out of the office at least 200 days a year, going to all of these events and going to all these places and then being on site with clients and having clients at different uh, time zones as well. So I have clients in California. I have clients in Australia. They work at many different hours compared to us here. So I start at seven o'clock in the morning. I don't get out of the office at least till eight or nine. But if I'm traveling, that's even a longer process. So just being able to get onto a flight, the earliest flight possible, and then leaving, you know, red eye home sometimes. It's just time. I'm fighting time mostly. Wow. How do you manage all of that? Because you're also one of the better people at responding back to people. How do you do that? I think that I find little moments here and there that I can, you know, take up a lot of people, you know, as soon as I wake up, I'm one of those people that look at their phone immediately. I'm not saying it might not be the best thing, you know, people meditate first and, but yeah, I look at my phone 20,000 times a day (laughs) and (laughs) I'm just down there. If I'm watching TV or doing nothing, you know, come on, I'll do a couple of things on my phone very quickly and get it done. But Walk me through. Do you have a typical day? I mean, I know with all the I different... I do not. You don't. There is no... Every single day, it's a new surprise. Wow. A new surprise. Even if I, I actually have a lot of tasks and schedules and meetings, I have tons of them. And I we try to make it all happen, but we all know what happens. When you get into the office, things happen. Clients get scheduled. Things change. And and what's your primary role at Smart Advocate? Right now, I actually just got a promotion to be the head of implementation and conversions. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, it just happened this year. So I'm going to be heading up a whole department and we're going to have a couple of new people come on. And uh, we're going to try to make sure that all of our clients are running smoothly. Wow. So what's the secret to your success? Hard work. That's it. There really isn't anything else. You work hard and that's it. Well, there's got to be. I mean, like you said, you know, whether, what about responsiveness? I mean, I can't begin to tell you how I- And I, I you know. equate it to hard work, yeah. meaning that you're, you know, you're on and you work hard to get to where you want. That's it. What, it put in the time and it'll happen for you. Yeah. What about, what are some of the biggest challenges and outside of time that you're facing? Is it is it competition? Is it logical restraints? What else is it that could potentially make your life harder? Well, that's the great part about us. Uh, technology wise, I have the best team mm-hmm. and that of course makes a big difference. I have the best team in comparison to our competitors. We actually have uh, 26 developers on site and then we have some more offsite that just do things here and there they are the best of the best we've gotten the best and that's always that makes that difference you know how did you find these people everyone oh i didn't luckily we had a great cto igor selzuk he is amazing he knows everybody he brought them all on and it's fantastic you know it was a little bit of a learning curve to speak to them directly you know for me and actually having to have that mindset for development. But once we figured out all the little kinks and bugs in the personality and relationship, it worked out. Wow. What's the turnover rate like here? There really isn't much turnover rate. We've only had turnover in one position and that's about it. And that's, I think, because we keep putting that position as the uh, go-to for everything. Mm. And I think that's why it didn't work out, like our COO position. And we basically got rid of the position. We said, you know what? I don't think the position is working out. The person that is supposed to be the go-to for everything, 
So we killed the position, we brought on other positions, and we're good. It's funny because for, for a software company, there typically is a good amount of turnover. And a lot of people that I talk with that are working in these industries, you know, I hear it time after time, the, the hardest part is just the staffing. I think it's the team. Yeah. If you don't build a team, if you don't make everybody be a team, it won't work out. We actually go out to lunch every Thursday. That's great. I instilled this. Um, well, they the developer started this, but I instilled this thing where everybody gets to choose something different because in the beginning it was all every single time we used to go to sushi and that's it. Everybody <laughs> would go to sushi and everybody was tired of sushi after like six months of doing it. So right now someone picks from the team and we everybody goes and we go to lunch on Thursday. Whoever's available. Like if I'm not in town, I don't go, but... Do you go I, local? I don't think do you, I haven't. Do you stay here in Port? Yeah. Or do you go, yeah. We Port, Roslyn, all the little neighborhoods around here. Is is the library still here? I don't know if that. Yeah. The library. No, the I don't mean the library. The physical library. Oh, there used to be a restaurant. A library. Yeah, there used to be a restaurant called the library. It I haven't the, been to it, so then it. I don't know. Yeah. I gotta, or, but remember, I'm not here too often. Yeah, so. this is true. It's <laughs> very, very true. Do you have a bunch of people that are working directly with you, or you're just talking about more the support staff? We all work together. Yeah. We work. I have to talk to the developers all the time. Every person pretty much has to talk to the developers. I have to talk to the marketing folks all the time. I have to work with the sales department. I have to work with the management, even our CEO. We have to call him all the time. So yeah, we have to work like a team and we have to talk to every single person on our team. We interact very closely. We're actually involved in each other's lives, which is even better. That's amazing. Personally. Is everyone working as hard as you? We have a lot of people yeah. that do work as hard as I do. And is everyone traveling? I know it's usually like you we and one other person. We usually only have the salespeople yeah. that travel. The gotcha. salespeople are the ones that actually travel. The developers, of course, stay in-house. Gotcha. But you're, I mean, you're selling. You're also closing the deals. You're also then doing the implementations. You're the first person they call. Do you hold the relationships from soup to nuts? Yeah. Or at some point, do you break off and no. hand up? No. So and that, I'm supposed to because yeah, we do have a support department yeah. that helped us after that. The only thing is the clients are very particular already. They've built a relationship and they don't, you know, they'll go to other people for simple things. But if anything's complicated, they'll come right back to me. How do you find the time after you've done all these things to spend that extra time developing these relationships with some of these, with some of your clients? I just find the time. I, I make it work, especially with our clients. I drop in town clients a lot. If uh -huh. I'm in the neighborhood, I'm going to drop into my other clients that are in the same neighborhood yeah. to say, hey, how's it going, et cetera. Send them links to things all the time. If I find something that's specific to them, like there's a client that I have in Washington and she does mostly HR, the person that I deal with. And if I find something on Pinterest or anything like that that she would like, I would just send it to her. That's just awful. Yeah. Now, now that's something. Have you always done that? Is that your nature? Is it something that you're caught like like myself? You know, I have a lot of friends and a lot of people I like to stay in touch with. There are things that I do. I want to consciously let people know that I'm thinking about them. So I've got groups of texts. You know, I've got one that are just a bunch of friends that we like go and party with. I've got a group of texts that we're all we all used to work at the same company. I've got a, another uh, group where we're, we all play a certain sport. So if something like whether it's a funny mem or it's just to your point, like something that I know that the whole group is interested in, I'll send that text. And it's and, and it's a way of not just kind of putting a smile on someone's face, but it's also to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Absolutely. You, you have to keep in constant contact. I think that you have to be in people's faces, in text, even email. You have to get through to them because if not, people forget and then you're not there, and then there's always things that slide. Kind of like friendships. 
you know, in real life, that's the way it happens. Is there any technology that you're using? Like you just told me about Owl or whatever that thing mm -hmm. was called. Are there other, like, are you using WhatsApp? Or are you using I uh, don't. Facebook? Are you like, what, what are you using? I really to, don't. I just yeah. communicate directly with people because at the same time, if I send an email or a text message and I've actually started doing handwritten notes because uh, one of our salesperson, I like that. Yeah, one of our salesperson does it and it's worked out for her. So then I started doing it. It's actually working out. A lot of people love it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times you have to go old school. Like the younger the people are that are coming into sales and et cetera and are trying to make relationships, they try to make it all through LinkedIn and all through social media and et cetera. I find that you have to actually physically be with people. That's why we go to these industry events. Walk me through what events actually have, have meant for you and if you have a philosophy on them. How do you vision these events? Because you're at a lot of them. You, you, I mean, you're. Oh, I don't know how you are in all the different places that, that you're at. Well, I'm gonna be luckily not doing as many since we have new sales ladies, and that's gonna be great. And we've trained them and we've brought them on, so that's gonna help out a lot because we want to cover the whole, all 50 states, and of course Canada as well. So it takes a whole team, like we said. You know, before it was just me. Now we're gonna have a lot of people going to all these events. So that's gonna be great. But you have to be present. You have to be showing face to all these places. You have to work the room. You have to get people to see you. You have to go after people. How do you do that? Because there are a lot of people that look at networking or networking events, and that's like a, a foul word to them. That's, I don't know whether it's they're intimidated or they just look at it, it's not the proper mindset. Is there a way? I that think that people are not prepared. If you're not prepared, you don't do good business. You need to be prepared because when you are um, not prepared, then you become afraid and therefore you become shy and then you don't want to do what you have to do. If you prepare yourself, you know, know what your focus group is, know who you're going to be meeting with, know the place that you're going to be at. I actually always have tidbits of the area. I know pretty much all the restaurants at most places. <laughs> That's yeah. our thing. We go out to eat a lot beforehand and I'm always telling people new places you know or asking them what's their favorite restaurants we just start start there do you get the guest list ahead of time or what other types of preparation we try do do? to get the yeah. guest list but if you don't get the guest list because not a lot of these places will especially all of the smaller events don't send it because they don't prepare yeah the guest list beforehand to send it to you but if you know who's on the actual board you know who are the big hitters in that office you know who are the partners you can easily see it you could see it on everybody's website you could see who the bigger guys are there are the ones that are out in front you could search for them and then you can see all the related people so it's really just research which doesn't cost anybody anything nope spend a little bit of time that's it what are your thoughts on i've heard two schools of thoughts on this what are your thoughts on reaching out to people ahead of time i.e linkedin or even email or however just to say hey i understand you're going to be at this event I am too. If you're interested in catching up ahead of time, you know, here's where I'll be or whatever. We actually do both. If we have who's going to be going to a certain event, we actually do email and blast everybody and say, hey, we're going to be at this event. Let's set up a time to hang out, et cetera. You know, and it looks like it's from us personally, et cetera. So it, we do perform that. But at the same time, it's also about going there and knowing who you have to talk to and getting into their faces, you know, yeah. whoever you have to do it. And by the way, it's not only about just getting into, if there's someone I don't know, but I know so-and-so instead, I know the other person, you know, it's like those uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You, you got to go for it and then get him to introduce you. 
You're always so good, though, at helping other people. I mean, every time I've seen you, before I can even do anything for you, you're like, oh, hey, you got to meet such and such. Is that your nature? Is that something you've always done? Is that something that you are cognizant of and you and you make that a part of your routine, your practice? You help me, I help you kind of thing, and that's it. I think that you were new to the business, so you needed a little bit more help than I did. That's it. Yeah. But I, I've seen you do it. I watch you in action. You help other people. This isn't, you know, that's... Uh... We're all friends in this business for the most part. You have to be with these, especially vendors and et cetera. When you are dealing with vendors and other partners and other things like that, you're in the business with them. You are in the trenches with them. You are going to see them on a flight. You are going to see them in the airport, especially for going to events. You're going to have dinner with them later. You're going to catch up with them because you're going to be at that same event all day long with them as well. So I, we all help each other. I love that. And you get that. And there's so few people that do, or if they do, by the time they do, it's usually pretty late. Why do you think more people don't get it? They don't want to. It's really they're thinking of that themselves and they don't realize the best way to go about networking. They think that if I do this, I'm the only person here and I will get this done or et cetera. That's the only reason. And they don't really realize that helping other people is what makes you more successful. It just gets you there faster. Yeah. I call that selfish benevolence. And it's just, <laughs> I like that. You know, it, just, uh, it is what it is. Are there any stories in particular that come to mind from interesting relationships that you've met, whether it's out from left field, like, wow, I wouldn't have expected to have close that deal because I met them in a weird circumstance or um, someone introduced you that, it, you know, it wasn't just you had them as a goal, meaning like, hey, this is a client that I'm interested in in ascertaining. It was someone that maybe, I don't know if it was serendipity or someone's like, oh, hey, Sherry, you got to meet such and such. Well, one of my clients, they actually left me for another company when the whole buyout for Saga was, and they actually L came. left left you when you were with Saga. Or we were left with you Saga, but they were the already time. starting to close. In gotcha. other words, they were we were already transitioning to the new company. They knew that we were going to transition to the new company. They had already gotten word, so they kind of didn't want to stick around with a company that we knew we wouldn't have anymore. So they wanted to ensure that they were going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to get locked on to a new deal with this new company. So they wanted to go another way. So what happened is that they decided to go with other developers and start their own software. And then they came to me and I told them, I said, I'm going to go to another company. I'm not going to stay with these guys. I'll let you know when I move to that other company. They were like, okay, well, I'll offer you right now to come work for me at this company that we're starting. And I'm like, you guys underestimate how much it takes to actually prepare software and actually get software to market and actually use software. I'm telling you, give me six months, six months, I'll be with a new company and you're going to come on and et cetera. Okay. They didn't wait. They continued the way that they wanted. They invested in a company that was trying to become, believe it or not, I trained that other company. <laughs> So I taught them tons of things. They went ahead and started doing this company. So now, lo and behold, a year later, um, actually three years later, they it's still a mess. The software is still a mess. And I was already here, of course. And they finally made the deal with me last year. So they finally came on board. How many years? Here. Uh, this is a so long it's been list. about four years, yeah. four, four, four and a half so finally they came on board here. I feel bad that they spent so much money, you know, uh, but now they, they came here and they're doing pretty well now. So they're very happy with the technology and they understand why, you know, technology takes a big toll. 
And they told me, they were like, if they, I, w- I wish I listened to you back then. Yeah. Is that because the product there got all messed up or that just a, to your relationship skills and maintaining the relationship during those four years or Believe however many more years I it did. was even before? I called them. Yeah. I stayed in contact with them. Again, I don't feel like they're just people. They're just a, cl- a client or a customer that you're just going to call and routinely do i think of them as my friends and believe it or not they invited me to their christmas party i was involved in their secret santa you know and the the staff themselves who has been there for many many years meaning they've been there for over 10 20 years some of these employees they were so happy to see me back at their office they were like ah sherry again great we know that we're in good hands now. <laughs> That's great. What, tell me about some of the relationships that, you know, some of the things that have happened. Like you said, have been on boats with people. Who oh, parties, yeah, absolutely. Like, I've seen I've seen things I just can't unsee anymore at this point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we go to their weddings. We go Christmas parties is a major thing. Everybody has a Christmas party and everybody invites you. I wish I could go to every single one because I love my clients so much. And of course, I would want to see the debauchery that happens at every client's office. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to see. Yep. But yeah, I've been been invited to a boat show i've gone uh fishing with people i don't know what's this fascination with boats i guess <laughs> that i'm now noticing that my clients like to do is it a legal thing in boats <laughs> or is it yeah. it's just going fishing or having a party or going going out cruising around manhattan people do that i guess they'll do like softball games that i've been to especially oh Forget about all the sporting events. You know that. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody loves sporting event. Any ones in particular that you enjoy? Or any events that you no, think bring up? No, I do not that bring watch up? sports, but no. I will go to anything. Yeah. Because I will not <laughs> go to watch the sport. I will go to hang out. Yeah. Like, we throw a party every year. We we do uh, two events. We do one at Yankee Stadium and one at Mets Stadium. We rent out suites and, you know, we invite customers and we have, we have our partners and they invite customers and we all get together and have a good time. I don't watch a second of the game. <laughs> I just hang out. I have I have season tickets to the Mets. I don't watch the game at all. I think they're very nice people, but have a good time and hang out. I think that's so much better. The box that you guys do, because I think that is amazing. And I love what, and I don't know if this is more of your brainchild or Dominic's or whomever else that's part of kind of that intimate crew that you have in that vendor world that gets it, that sees the industry is a big picture, that understands it. Yeah, there's a bunch of us, there's tons of vendors, but who are the select vendors that offer a good quality product that are good people that we can feel confident putting our names behind and let's have, you know, we're strength in numbers, you know? So so if you don't mind, talk about that game. Talk about some of the people that you guys uh, come together to put that that event for do you mind well, me I think and dominic that from elaw yeah and i'm sorry before i finish yeah. because i think that's so important because i've i've myself have worked in a bunch of different industries and i think that what you guys are doing is really unique because most other vendors don't value the strength of the numbers and they look at it individually and it makes it so much harder whereas you guys have this these just amazing relationships and you refer people i think it's something special so so please i'm sorry to cut you off you and dominic no me and dominic from elaw we've been doing business together for many many years we've been doing business together for maybe 15 years uh, where we just shared clients across the board because he does calendaring and docketing and i do case management it kind of goes hand in hand we developed um a link to our software and integration 
connection to our software a long time ago. So we've had this partnership forever. Luckily at this company now, I'm able to build these kind of relationships where I couldn't at the other company since I had a boss, I had other agendas to deal with. At this company, luckily they allow me to make the relationships that actually work. So we brought in Mark from Deets Court Reporting. So he was a very, and he is an amazing guy. He is at everything. He's even, believe it or not, he spends more time than than I do at all of these events. Exactly. You see your face? Mark is everywhere. If someone's opening an envelope, Mark is there. I'm serious. <laughs> Mark is always, I see I never, him at all these events. I never events. met Mark. His name came Mark up a couple times. Dominic. You would have met yeah, him at yeah. the, at the, you know, I know, I know. at the yanking <laughs> yeah, thing. I, I know. know. Um, and then Mark's best friend in this industry is Ross and he does the process and investigation. So that's how we all hooked up. And believe it or not, we all admire one another. That's the other thing. You can't, just do business with any anybody that you just see at an event. You, I could. I could just throw on an event with anybody else. But you have to be able to see everybody at work and see that they are the top in their industry. They are the guys that will work harder. You see their work ethic, so you join together and join forces for that work ethic. I think that's the main goal with all of us, and that's why our, our partnerships work so well as compared to you know other partners. I have tons of other partners, and I have no problem throwing an event with them or, you know, going out to a party or seeing them at other events. But us four together, it's powerhouse. We Yeah, we do. And it's great because our clients get all these great services together. Yeah, it's true. So you guys, there's a lot of overlap. And there are things that, you know, if I can't get to it, if I can't do something or I don't have the contact, Mark does or Ross does or Dominic does. You will get what you're looking for from any one of us very easily. That's the power of the network. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it really, really is. Give me an example of something that you've gotten for a client that might not have been in your belly wick. Ross was asking me about a translator, a specific translator for a specific language. He needed it for his client. We were actually at a Saturday event um, in the city. We were at Nisla Decisions, and he needed someone right then and there. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so you know it's hard on a Saturday to get a translator for his client. I called up another company that I know that's small, but I know she'll answer my calls on the weekend because, you know. So you roll. Believe it or not, she's uh, Evan Goldberg's uh, wife. Evan Goldberg is the past president of Nisla. Yeah. So I called her up. She gave me someone within 20 minutes. We sent it to Ross, and he made the client happy. It's really that simple. Wow. That's got to happen pretty often, maybe to the point where you're not even appreciating it because it happens so often. Um, no, we appreciate it every time. You know, you got to stay humble. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're so happy we have these people. Give me your philosophy on relationships. Not to get too deep, but how do you think about, yeah. I told you before, it's like family. A lot of people, when they're going to these events, okay, I hear this term all the time. Everybody's hunting or everybody's fishing for people. Everybody's fishing for that person, hunting. It's more planting, Okay, what you're doing is you're planting, you're cultivating relationships. You're going to see this person for the next 10, 20 years if you're in this industry for that long, right? If I've been in this industry for that long, so therefore I don't see the one year off or that one sale that I'm going to do in two minutes with that guy. I'm going to say, hey, that's going to be my client for the next 20 years. So I expect to be in this industry for another 20 years. So I'm always leading off with, I'm building a relationship with this person. This person's going to become my new best friend and we're going to get there. Did you ever meet anyone that doesn't like you? Yeah. Not all um, personalities mesh. Sure. I agree. It's not the personality that meshes. My job is to find the personality right away 
that's the thing. You have to really listen to the person. You have to feel that person out. And that's what makes a successful salesperson, I believe, because you first have to get to know the person and see what their quirks are and, and all their types are before you can actually address them and address them in the appropriate way. That's the difference. Well, appropriate way. You seem to be just yourself. That's one of the things that I love about, I don't see you, you know, a lot of times we have to kind of be chameleons around who we're meeting. I am. I, yeah. Absolutely. Because there's a one client that I address by Mr. If I'm down South, everybody's sir and ma'am. There are protocols that you have to work with in different areas. And none of us are 100% ourselves all the time. It's not even possible. You're a different way with, you know, your mom as your wife, as your kids, you're a different person. So with work, you kind of have to do the same thing. And the only thing that you have to do is realize what person you need to be with that other person. I don't want to say that it's for your selfishness. It's for you to bring out the best in them. That's what people don't realize. I don't do it because it's all about me. It's all about them. I don't want them to be uncomfortable. If they speak a different way, and if you start speaking a different way, they're going to be uncomfortable with what you're saying. There's so many people that are, let's say, more pretentious. Well, you can't talk like that to people in the South. You have to be more homely, more, you know, you're just ruining their ease. Yeah. So you also have to be a good host, right? Yeah. Let's talk about hosting because that's another thing. And you you touched upon it before about some events better than others. Uh, in your opinion, what makes a good event? Because a lot of things, again, with, with networking, a lot of people, in my opinion, don't know how to put an event together. They really don't understand. The idea is good. Let's get some people together. But if it's not facilitated well, you're not making people comfortable you know, the whole idea is to build and grow business and develop relationships. And if it's sterile and it's not fostering comfort and kindness and collaboration, then it's really not a good event, in my opinion. I don't know if you have an, an opinion on events in general and what it takes to make a successful event. Oh, we've had craziness. We've, we did an event one time on a yacht. I know this both oh, sounds terrible. Up. Bad event. Oh, it was horrible. Everybody was puking up. Oh, we God. had a lot of well, alcohol, and what happened <laughs> is that the water was very choppy that day. We went around Manhattan, and there were—I oh, no. was seven months pregnant at the time. Oh. So yeah, it was craziness. Oh. So I'm not saying that all events are fantastic, but you also have to keep in mind uh, what your guests will be doing and what your guests would want. You have to keep that in mind. One of the things that one of my partners did, which was awesome, he took people out to the VMAs. He got tickets for the VMAs. They were in the city. And that was something completely different, which was pretty awesome. The clients loved it. So little things like that, you have to always keep the person in mind, the people that you're trying to bring out. Because if you don't do that, that's that that event's not going to be great. Yeah. I've, I've got a, a friend who's a really successful salesman, and he said his business really took off when he ditched individual dinners and turned it into like group dinners, not massive dinners, but just yeah. a bunch, you know, instead of just one potential client, it became like two or three. And again, it was a pairing of who would mesh well, but it was- That's what it is. That's the key right there. Cause not a lot of people, we can't invite the same people to the same event sometimes. Yeah. Because you have to know your client yeah. so well to see who's gonna be Working well. And you got to worry about He's that. Got live, it. You got to worry about that live wire too. Well, especially here, everybody's in competition with one another pretty much in this business. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Hey, talk, talk to me about, this is a small world and I don't remember how we figured this out, but Sean Quinn, mm -hmm. 
So how did we, how did Oh, I love Sean Carter. I love I love I might love him more. Did I tell you about his his uh, Christmas party? What happened at his Christmas no, party? No, because I couldn't go. That's right. So here you'll appreciate this and and Sean, don't know if you even heard this Sean. So so I go to his Christmas party and there's a bunch of us sitting around and we're all laughing because he's just such He's just a larger than life character. He knows everybody. He's just so warm. Yeah, though. yeah. He's warm. It's genuine. Like he's just fun. You know, I'm not going to say on the air what his. He's got a sign in his office, and I don't know if you've been there. If you've seen, <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. But anyways, so we're talking about how people know him, and and I forgot who originally introduced me to him, but then it turns out one of my best friends from home and wife was. I think like either dated him in college or went to college. I have another friend that played football with him. I have another friend that would, that had been an adversary on a deal. I mean, just the, the, the touch points of how we know each other. I'm telling you, he's yeah. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. So I'm telling my story. There's another guy who I just met and we, all of us just are initially, you know, hitting it off. And then this one guy shows up and he's like, I got you guys all beat. He goes, uh, so I just got here. I, I flew in from wherever he flew in. I don't care. He's like, uh, and my Lyft driver, he's like, oh, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going to Philadelphia. Or they start talking about Philadelphia. And the guy's like, well, if you're in Philadelphia, if there's one person you need to know, it's Sean Quinn. <laughs> he goes, you're driving me to his Christmas party right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, isn't that funny? That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. so I thought that one took the cake as far as uh, you know, I was concerned. I've seen him at tons of events all over. I'm serious. Yeah. Sean is everywhere. So and he you, knows everybody. Yeah. How? What do you think? We're, we're going to get him on the show too. We'll get oh, him. he's we're, amazing. He's yeah. Mr. Marketer. He's, he's everywhere. Yeah. He sends a lot of business because one of yeah. the other things that we were talking, and, and he does personal injury and he's, he's, he's rather successful and he sends, he refers a lot of business that he could be doing, I know, to some of the other competitors. Uh, well, so I his think competitors. he's smart yeah. about that, yeah. about not taking on so much because he's so busy marketing. He does what he does so well, Yeah. and it takes someone, it's very difficult to realize, you do this so well, going to do this, and I'm going to send all the stuff I don't want to do, you know, because that's what I feel like. It's not like he can't do it. I just think, why spend the time? Let this other guy handle it. And then he has more time to do what's really important for him. Yeah. How did you meet him? Is he a client of yeah, yours? Yeah, he's a client oh, he's of a client. ours. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I met him because I met him at an event. And then we talked, we hung out. I saw him at more and more events. He didn't buy the system initially right away. It took quite some time with him. But again, I wasn't pushing him or anything like that. I thought he was a cool guy. So we always talked about different people. And he knew everybody in the business, just like me. In other words, we could talk about anybody and he knew that yeah. person. He might be like your altar, like your and other, then, what do they call that? And he is yeah. so, just so warm, so friendly, so genuine. He really is. He, he Amazing. And uh, I even saw him at defense stuff, defense. Or, I was like, what are you doing here? Like, seriously, <laughs> uh, you are really like getting on me. Where are you? What, why are you trying to be me? But no, he's really good. And he's introduced me to a lot of people. And, and then he came on. So how are you meeting people all over the country? I mean, you're going to a lot of events. It's you're really doing... just the events. It yeah. Because that's the only way to do them. Yeah. What do you do to maintain all of these relationships in terms of, do you, I mean, is it just Outlook? Or are you using, is there some special, do you use Salesforce? Do you use any kind of Well, we like use our own with, system, believe it or not. Oh, so it's a CRM yeah, also? We use Smart Advocate. We just configure it to be our system, our sales system. That's it. And then we, of course, keep up with everybody and email and blast email. We blast text. We do so many different, you know, marketing vendors. You, do the, you do the blast text? Yeah. So I was looking into that myself and I was talked out of it by two different people. I'd love to hear. Our blast texting is 
different. It actually shows it like an individual text. Yeah. So it doesn't do it the same way like it does it in mass. It's doing it one at a time. That's what our software actually does. So our software has been developed. So that way everything looks personalized and it only goes out to one person at a time and you won't see, ever see anybody else or you won't ever see. So it looks is, like is you're an, getting it. Is it an opt-in feature so they've got to agree? To, to, to receive that type of text or you're just, uh, no, just able to send it? We no. actually just are able to send it. I think that we they tell us when they don't want to get it and then we'll mark it. But other than that. That's great. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to become a client. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> there is a section of what I, I do. I like to call it like a rapid fire section. Sure. Sherry, you've built quite a network. Has it been more challenging, do you feel, being a woman in a male-dominated industry? I do feel that there's challenge, but at the same time, it's not the challenges that everybody thinks. Everybody thinks that it's because I'm a woman and men mostly click with men, et cetera. I think it's the self-assuredness that women have a problem with to not be so successful. A lot of women are not in this industry because I don't think they come off as self-assured as men. When men go to a meeting, they come off very self-assured. They know what they're talking about. They come in, they're like, I'm the king already. And women come with a more pretense of worry as opposed to already being prepared. I think if, as a woman, you do have to prepare a little bit more and we're more thought provoking and we all worry a little bit more. We have a little bit more anxiety, I think, women, because we make decisions and actually have to speak to people a little bit differently. But when I come into a room, I am very self-assured. I already, I've got all my material down. I've rehearsed, I've practiced, I've tried to come up with every opportunity I can to make it in the world. So it, let's say it takes me a little bit longer than men to prepare and get there, but I do. And then I come out and I, and I do the work because I think that's where women have the problem really. Cause a lot of people will say, okay, well, how come they're not more women? I think it's that self-assuredness, hmm. the self-confidence that they have when they come out there. Do you feel that way still to this day? Or you felt like that was something that maybe was an impetus in the beginning of your career? Well, when I first started my career, I was a lot younger. So I worked a different angle back then. Okay. I worked uh, the youth slash, you know, sexiness factor back then against men, right? We were, if we were both going up for something and there was another man going up for the same thing, you know, in software with our competitors, I did work a different angle when I was younger. And as I get older, of course, it's a little bit different, but you have to have that confidence and know-how and experience because a lot of people that are coming into this business now, especially younger guys, right? Younger guys are now selling the software as well. And it's a lot of startups and a lot of younger tech people, but they don't have the experience. So since they don't have that 20 plus years experience coming into it, they do come off self-assured and self-righteous, I think, a little bit as opposed to women. So I just have to prepare a little bit more, but I come out just as much as they do. What do you do now that you're transitioning into a, a role that's more overseeing management, air traffic control, if you will? What will you do or what have you been doing for your sales staff? Is, is it, is there, are there any other women? And if so, did you train them any differently than the men? Well, I actually have two new ladies that are coming onto our sales staff and we've had a bunch of guys. So mostly I've trained the guys already that have been with us for a long time in the beginning. It, we all do the same thing wrong. In other words, everybody says, um, 30,000 times during a presentation, <laughs> as we all know, everybody uses filler words. You're not ready. 
during a demo sometimes. In other words, you haven't prepared enough. I think it's the same preparation. The only difference with the women is they're very internal thinking. The men, once you say something to them, some of the sales guys, they'll say, okay, good, got it. That's what I'm going to do from next on and, and, and we can move it forward. With women, they'll internalize how they feel about it. It's more of a feeling. So you kind of have to take a little bit longer to explain that it's it's the way you come out, the way you experience. Because men already have this. like It's instilled in them hmm. from the beginning. They just feel confident and they just go out and that's it. I'm a, I'm a dude. I can get it done. Women have to think about it. So that's, that's the extra that we have to tell, teach our girls. It's always like you are, I tell them all the time, you're the dominant here. You're, you're the, the leader here. You need to maintain the conversation. You're the one that's actually leading this conversation. So make sure that you're the boss here. So make sure you network the right way. What kind of advice would you give your future, or I'm sorry, if you were to go back into the past, what, what advice would you give yourself? What would you do differently, I guess? Patience, listening, and silence. Ooh. I was so horrible in the beginning of that, where you just, you're not patient, of course, because you're young. You think that everything should come fast. You don't listen as well. I, I've learned to listen. And as you said before, how do you know all these tidbits and facts about every? I just listen. I'm now listening to the people speaking and they could talk about any topic, but I'll listen to what they have to say. And I keep quiet a lot more now as I get older. I, because the silence is golden for them that you kind of need a minute to process. Before I was always jumping in. You know how uh, you can have a conversation and someone already knows what they're going to say to what you're saying. They're already responding in their head. So they're really not listening to what the other person is saying. <laughs> so that's why you kind of have to take a beat, listen to what they said, think about your reply before you do it, and then get it out there. Wow. And this is all this processing is going on in your brain. Yeah. Now, especially <laughs> now, yeah. that's what it is. And I didn't do it when I was younger. And I wish, I think I would have been just exponentially more successful then. Yeah. I mean, that's just awesome advice. I'm reading a book on negotiating and that's essentially, essentially exactly what the whole book is preaching. On, and, it, and we're talking about even just negotiating and the patience. Which one is it? Pausing. Never Split the Difference. Okay. Chris Voss. Mm. Have you heard? It's, no. It's, it's, you know I'm going to get it. You're going to enjoy it too. You really are. What about me? Any questions that you have for me? Hopefully yeah. I can shed some light and try oh, to provide some value wait. to you. <laughs> I can't wait. Tell me one of your quirkiest habits that actually helps you out in business. I have to get back to everybody. Mm -hmm. I have to do it. It, it just, I will not sleep if I have not gotten back to somebody. So even if it's to tell them I can't respond right now, I really don't like making people wait. If they've reached out to me, there's something that they need and I'd want to be able to provide some type of value. That's a good one. I love that. I don't know. It's I don't know how good it is cuz you're you know, it does keep you up at night and well, you know, I'm a yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can appreciate that. Same. Yeah. I love <laughs> That's it, why though. I always appreciate. It. I don't know if you ever noticed, <laughs> you respond to me so quickly and I'm always just like, "Ah, oh, thank you." You know, I really cuz I know what it takes. You know, I know that it's a t it's an interruption in your day. It's an interruption in what you're doing. There could be so many other things that you could be doing than getting back to me. So that's why I, you know, I don't know if you ever noticed, but I do. I'm always, yeah. th I'm just so appreciative. Of, you always of, say that. Yeah. You're so, so polite. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so that's a that's one of my quirks. Uh, what is the single most significant factor that is fueling your success? If you have to put it down to one trait that you actually have. Wow, man, you should you should have your own podcast, Cherry. You got good questions. Giving, feeling. giving, giving. I just like I, I approach every person and every interaction. I just want to give and help whatever it is, whether you need a ride, <laughs> you know, yeah. whether it's a contact, whether there's some way that I can help to benefit who you are and what you're looking to do. That's just what I'm always trying to do. I can attest to that. You've sent me some great people. Awesome. You've introduced me to some great people and you just always are helping Cool. Everybody match up. Thank You're you. You're the greatest matchmaker. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I love it. Again, it's back to the selfish benevolence. I enjoy that. You know, if I can see you do well. I love that your 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 business is cranking. I love that you're in this position. It's just, you know, selfishly, uh, you know, I'm just puts a big smile on my face. Uh-huh. <laughs> what would you like to be known for? So oh, at the end man, of the day, this question is still good. Just what get better would and better. Be- <laughs> Wow, what would I be known for? Um, So the legacy question's a powerful one. And it's really interesting that you asked that because the other day we even had a guy on on the show that, um, Sarah, I'm gonna have to ask you to get in on this to help. Uh, Sarah is uh, is my COO. She was part of this interview also. And there was a gentleman that he, he had a really deep quote and it was a Marcus Aurelius quote, and it's really, really long, and we're not going to go there, but I think Sarah will be able to probably better articulate what the meaning of that quote was on legacy, and then I'll try to get back and answer that. Sarah, no pressure. <laughs> Talking to the mic. I'm producing, so that's why you don't hear from me, but I'm usually sitting right here. I think it was in the fourth book of Meditations that he said, if you are not trying to become the best of the best or um, trying to gain some infamy within your sphere, then you are no better than an animal who has lived, died, and just... um, Existed. Yeah, existed. Just happy with the comforts around them and uh, you will come to be nothing. So, (laughs) yeah, so that's power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, deep quote. It was powerful. I sat there right after he started saying that, and I think that uh, when he was done talking, I think uh, I was still sitting there with my my mouth open. That really makes gives pause. Um, and I've been thinking about that. So I and I don't have an exact answer yet. I feel like that's such a deep question that really would demand a lot more thought into that. So. I'd love to say my short answer right now would probably be, hey, I'm thought of as a guy that improved people's lives. You know, if my epitaph read, hey, Adam Connors, the man who improved people's lives. Um, Hopefully it's in a more quantified way, but at least for now, that's my answer. Oh my God, I had something similar. When I was writing these questions up for you, when you asked, it was, Sherry always took care of me. That would be the line. It's good. Exclamation point though. Yeah, Sherry just always took care of me. That's it. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it is. That's what what you do. Because that's what you have to do. Just take care of people and they'll take care of you back. Yeah, that's exactly. Just like you said about giving. You help people, they help you back. That's the community, right? Yeah. Every time we actually have a natural disaster, we also always come together. But it always takes something greater than, you know, just yourself and being out there for you. But if everybody thought this way, I think it would just make everybody... 
out there wholeheartedly, work so together. Wholeheartedly agree with you, and it's a shame that more people don't. But yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. It's funny. So I've had a lot of my roles have been sales roles, and you know, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm terrible at sales, but I've been successful. And it's like I trip on myself. I couldn't close a deal for the life of me. I don't know how. I don't believe in it. I'm not like if it's not gonna if it doesn't work. I don't want to push it. But what happens is I've uh, I've surrounded myself with good people like yourself that you know I'll t- I usually tell them hey what I'm doing here you know and I'm I usually have to believe in or always have believed in whatever I've quote unquote sold and as long as I've done that and it's it's organic and it's real I'll completely fumble on kind of the close if you will from a sales standpoint but I've done really well because good people have put me in touch with the right kinds of people and we've just been able to talk it through so well I saw a quote over the weekend over saying that the richest people in the world they know how to network and build networks. Everyone else is just working. That's it. I love that. That's a Richard Kiyosaki. See, you know it. Yeah, already. yeah. No, that's a good. You know, that is a good one. When we were just building up for this weekend, you know, that's what I saw. Oh, that's great. I mean, God, you travel two hundred days a year. You're out all the time. You do a million things. You have a son. I don't know how you're able to to, to raise a, a beautiful. Oh, he's so adorable I, I too. And the support staff. I have my, not support staff, but support family. My husband is home all the time. My husband picks up the kid, takes the kid. He, he takes care of everything, which is amazing. You know, if you don't have, you know, that support behind you, you know, you can't really do what you need to do. Yeah, but you do it. So I really, I, I have so much gratitude to call you my friend. I have gratitude that you took this time. This is, you know, it's a good chunk of your day, smack in the middle of your day. So so thank you for that. And I know that everybody listening is not only probably uh, uh, listened with a ear-to-ear smile, but they've learned a lot and hopefully had a lot of fun too, as much oh, as I, I did. I had such a great time. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Make it a great day. You too. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If so, check out some of my others on conversationswithconnors.com. If you're someone looking to build a business, increase your sales, or make a career change, go to networkwise.com. There, you'll have access to a bunch of resources that can help you get started. Thanks again, make it a great day, and remember to always networkwise.